Hey kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings. I'm your host, Merritt, and this is the podcast about fictional father figures, which I normally say before that, but I'm all mixed up today, um, which is, um, you know, I don't know if uh, who's my dad, I don't know who's my family, I'm torn between between competing allegiances to my adoptive family and my birth family. Um, and it's just very, it's a very confusing time for me because this week um, we're talking about a video game called Fire Emblem Fates. And I am joined to discuss this game by uh, the writer of the video game, We Know the Devil, and the co-founder of the criticism, uh, games and comics criticism site, uh, Zeal, AVB. Hey, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for inviting me. I'm super excited to have you here because um, I know that you are a fan of this series. I am a, a very big, very recent uh, fan. I'm definitely like the fake gamer girl uh, <laughs> Fire Emblem fan because I didn't know about it until Awakening. And I only liked it because I could get people to, to marry each other and flirt. So I'm like right. the very definition. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So Fire Emblem, for people who don't know, is sort of this very long-running strategy game series um, on Nintendo consoles. I believe the first one came out on the NES. Yeah, it goes all the way back. It so is it like goes an, way an, back, an original yeah. Nintendo franchise. Yeah. Um, and um, for a long time, this is just a game about strategy. And there there is like narrative involved. But, um, you know, it's mostly this, this really... A dense strategic game and most of them, them don't even come out outside of japan for a very long time and that changed uh with i think a title on the game boy advance mm-hmm. and um i think that was only because uh of the fact that they included some fire emblem characters in um smash brothers melee Oh, right. Yeah, because people were like what are these characters <laughs> who's from- marth who's right what kind of a name is Marth? Right. Yeah. Who are these? Who are these very pretty sword boys? Um, yeah. And uh, and then so the series sort of started emerging a little bit, but it didn't really blow up here, like in North America and in Europe. I would say until uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, which is that 2012, 2013? Yeah, I believe that's 2012. I think it was 2012, but. Um... Yeah, I'm almost certain because I like I played that game in 2013, but I had like totally ignored it when it first came out. Right. Yeah, and this is like uh, so it's a, again it's like a strategy game. It's like narratively based, but the big difference um from all the past entries in the series is that there's this pairing dynamic, which well I guess that maybe has been in other ones. I'm not really sure, but basically you can like get your characters to like fight alongside one another and they develop relationships. And it's not like a kind of typical role-playing game where like you are this one, you you know, like a lot of, I think what people think about like a narrative role-playing game, they think about like a Dragon Age or, or a Fallout where you are playing a character and you make dialogue choices in conversations. And this game isn't like that at all. Like instead you're sort of like playing matchmaker and setting up <laughs> different couples um, or different, like, friendship pairings and just seeing kind of how those relationships evolve. Yeah, you are, like, and, and it's and it's great that we're talking about this on Dad Feelings because it really is kind of like a family builder 
Um, yeah. just, just not only in the sense that you're building these kind of like these these pairings who will have like, and that was like the big thing that Fire Emblem Awakening did was that when you paired them and they got married, there was like this time travel shenanigan that like let a future baby magically appear somehow out of a portal. And you could, and that person would join your army um, from this alternate timeline, and and those characters could form their own pairings. So you had that like multi generational element, but you were also like making this big network of people who all knew each other and were friends with each other. So it felt like this kind of like the army it feels less like an army and more like this big friend group. It's like a little community, which I like liked as about as much as the individual pairing aspect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's about building this group of people. And I think that the maybe really cynical way of looking at it is that this is heterosexual futurity the yeah. game because <laughs> totally. you are basically creating more babies to fight for you in your army. But like, also, they're all unique characters. And um, I think the way that I played that game was on a very easy difficulty because I wasn't really interested in a lot of the, the combat stuff. And I mostly played mm-hmm. that as a, it was sort of a pacing mechanism for right. these this relationship kind of sim and in that game the way that the kids worked is that um basically the children were assigned to uh to mothers like to, to female characters and when one of those characters paired up with uh a male character there were no like queer pairings in that game um they would have this baby and all the father sort of does is like uh, hair color and then I think there's some mechanical stuff too but like the character yeah. is always assigned to the mother and so each character in that game like each child character had a unique relationship with their mother because they had dialogue written for them and then sort of a generic relationship with their father because um yeah there, there would just be way too many combinations to write if there was a unique one for each Right. It's like, uh, that's a very interesting game design element that I've like thought, thought about a lot because it's like almost any, you can, because the it is so generous with the parents, you can like, God, there, there must be like over a dozen possible parents for any given child. Right. It's like, it's some like absurd number. Right. Uh, Yeah. So they have to write that that generic conversation for the father. I think there's like one DLC quest where the fathers, every father has like a an exchange with a child character, but it is unique per mm. father. Yeah. Um, so so this tiny tucked away part of the game must have like um, a bazillion lines of dialogue in it. <laughs> every like father has its own like unique. Th- like every possible combination i it makes me dizzy to think about the script writing requirements for that game it's a lot it's a lot to think about but um so that's that's sort of awakening and then a couple of years later nintendo releases this game that in many ways is a sequel um because it's a very similar game mechanically speaking um it still has that element of pairing characters of creating children and that's the one that we're actually talking about today, Fire Emblem Fates. And the reason that I wanted to talk about that game in particular is like partly because it's fresher in my mind um, and partly because, like we just mentioned, in the earlier entry, kids are keyed to their mothers. And so there are a lot of really great like mother-child uh, conversations. The The, you know, child father ones, as we mentioned, are sort of more generic by necessity, but in Fates, they flip that. And so 
the children identities are like assigned to fathers and then the mothers are sort of the ones with the generic relationships. Um, and beyond that too, just narratively speaking, this is a game about family and about dads. There's a lot of like yeah. evil dads in this game. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, first of all, it's, it's like a very, but yeah, no, it is a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> like there's, I will say that like the narrative I think is a lot less satisfying in this game than it is um, in Awakening just because there's way more going on. They're trying to cram the, like, like people love the kids so much from the first game they're like we need to do that again but like we can't really do mm -hmm. the time travel thing again so we've got this conceit where there's a pocket dimension that the kids are raised in because it's safer there but then they age like two teens in the span of like weeks or months um and no one really acknowledges that except maybe like a why didn't you visit me more um and like none of the parents are beat up about the fact <laughs> that they've missed out on their children's childhoods <laughs> Like, right. <laughs> some of the writing is not super strong, but it's actually like I, I have to say that right off the bat, it is such a different vibe mm -hmm. because in Awakening, you had like these these children that you had were like displaced from an alternate timeline where all of their parents died. Yeah. It was like the darkest timeline. And so um they when they see their parents again they're like crying and having like these really so like the mother daughter and mother son relationships are like really intense because they all saw their parents get killed um in awakening and then in fates it's like all of these deadbeat dads like that's built <laughs> into the mechanics of it of how it is explained it was like you just like you just like left me i guess that's fine yeah yeah, no, it's weird. It's uh, so weird. It is really, it is really weird. And um, uh, there are a lot of them too. There's so many characters because the other thing about this game is like, um, it's sort of split into three different games that are kind of the same. Um, the idea, the sort of conceit is like you are this person who, um is raised in this kingdom called Nor, which is like this really kind of grim European inspired, um, just like archetypal sort of dark, like Gothic fantasy kingdom. Um, and your dad is like this really like stern, intense, abusive, kind of horrible guy. Um, and then you find out that your real family actually is, like, from this beautiful kingdom of Hoshido uh, that is, like, abundant and beautiful and it's always sunny in Hoshido. And um, you have these, like, these family members that missed you and they're so sweet. And your mother never asked you to kill innocent people to, like, prove your loyalty to her. And then you basically have to decide, like, well... Am I going to side with, because these two kingdoms are at war and you have to decide, like, am I going to side with, like, my biological family? Although not really. Um, or am I going to side with the family that I grew up with? Or there's a third, like, entry where you decide to side with neither. And that's sort of like the true end. And uh, it turns out that your dad is, wasn't actually, your dad wasn't the evil King Garen of Nor or, um... Sumeragi, who is like the father of uh, your alleged siblings in Hoshido, you're not related to any of them, so you can get married to anyone you want, and it's not gross because your dad was an evil dragon. Yeah, no, it's like 
so I just want to say the hoops <laughs> that this game jumps through are like beyond like I mean it was predictable from the beginning because I was like well the whole point of like introducing these characters like having these characters is so you can marry them so yeah. it's not gonna like turn out that you you're blood related and can't really can't marry them right um but like the way that it ends up is like no one is related to anyone <laughs> yeah. like there are these like complicated family dynamics where it's like your dad married this person um and then like but the current queen is the stepmother and she's the one so like there's like a lot of the game like is the lore of this game is like one of those things that i really love where it's just entirely built out of excuses for itself (laughs) and contains like almost no like actual structure itself it's yeah i mean playing them uh to me it's just the overarching narrative structure is just completely uh rickety it's this rickety scaffolding that is like erected on some kind of foundation of like family and dads but really it's just there to provide a skeleton to sort of hang these interesting little like cute not necessarily like intensely serious or like yeah narratively important but like these kind of cute like um just uh, vignettes between these these characters right and in some ways i will say like um the design part of me wants to talk about this so i'll keep it brief but it's like (laughs) people criticized awakening for not having very much of a story but that was because it like knew that these character interactions were the real story and it had like this minimalist thing to hang that on whereas um fates really just went wanted to have like this big epic story that ends up kind of like just making everything way more complicated than it needs to be um but it does give us this like weird this weird intense dad relationship especially in nor um which is maybe worth talking about yeah yeah, so your dad, like the dad that raised you, who it turns out you learned pretty early on, um, yeah, like you are from the kingdom of Hashido and your adopted father from there, like took you with him to like go to a uh, peace negotiation where this king, Garen, kills him and then <laughs> takes you as his child. Um, and so like, the Nor route, which is in Conquest, where you're in this sort of like in uh, this sort of dark kingdom, is really dark because it's basically just yeah. your dad like just demanding that you go on like all of these suicide missions to prove your loyalty to him. Yeah, it's like it. it and the Nor is by far the more interesting route with like. Oh, absolutely. Kind of, yeah. It just has like a better dynamic and better characters, even though it's like. It's still as much of a mess, but the fact that everyone, um, that you have, like, these four siblings who, like, love you, like, very unconditionally, um, but are also, like, an equal terror of their dad and, and keep on, like, doing everything they can to kind of, like, protect each other from him is, like, really quite dark. Yeah, well, it's a lot just, like, like the whole game is basically just like your your siblings finding ways to like follow the like spirit of the like of your evil dad's demands while like 
just like just satisfying him enough but like tricking him or like just like messing him around like when he's like you have to kill this like these all these civilians and it's like well we'll make it seem like we did or like yeah it's so it's so much like it's really like that's actually i think one of the only really interesting parts of like the whole narrative of the game to me is like it's like it's a video game and like all of your siblings are these super powerful like wizards and like ride on giant wyverns and you have enormous axes and stuff and you could think like as the player at least for me it's like you just want to be like just kill your fucking dad like this guy (laughs) deserves to die he's a fuck up and he's like threatening to kill you all like but like obviously that's not how these things typically play out Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's like a, it, it's like interesting that it follows this kind of like intense, like really honestly like abusive family dynamic where that like even though everyone's like a powerful wizard and stuff, they don't feel like they can go against this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that's like that's eventually how it goes, and it's even like the the suicide missions and stuff are are just almost increasingly comical in how like one sidedly villainous they all are um but i do think that it is quite sweet the way that your your siblings protect you constantly um and like especially your like older brother who has like a kind of um who's who's kind of like how to put it he's like he's intense he clearly like loves you but he also is like um kind of like really like can't doesn't feel like he can go against his dad at all Mm -hmm. um and sometimes he's kind of like scary because he also um clearly like puts all of this like duty and family obligation as the highest thing even like more important than like than you sometimes Mm -hmm. Uh, particularly like in other routes but like yeah um he's kind of like his own dad feeling character (laughs) in respect yeah (laughs) Um, and then, I mean, because it's a video game, it turns out that, you know, your, your real dad, uh, no, well, oh my god, this is confusing. The real Garen died some time ago, and the one that you have been dealing with um, is just basically a reanimated corpse possessed by the evil dragon that is actually your real dad. Oh, <laughs> Wait, I haven't beaten the third route, so I don't. Oh, like... neither me neither. I just read the wiki beforehand, but okay, yeah, Anankos, who Garen like worships, is this oh, evil right. dragon who um is your dad? Well, he Anankos apparently splits himself into like a good and bad part for some reason, and the good version part of oh, himself chill. is the one who goes and gets uh your mom pregnant, and then she has you. Um, but then you're not related to your siblings in Pashita or Nor, and, uh, yeah, but yeah, Garen is, is, like, their stepmom. So you got a stepmom pregnant. Okay, chill. Yeah, no, it's totally chill, guys. No one's, it's all good. You can marry whoever you want. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Garen turns out to just be a zombie, basically. Uh, and, uh. Yeah, like, you sort of find that out relatively early on, I think, in Conquest, and then you basically are like, well, I gotta kill my zombie dad. Um, 
And yeah, you do. And then you sort of just like uh, you and your siblings, I guess, take over and are like going to rule more justly. Because also that's a weird thing. There's like this weird dynamic of like Nor is like a horrible place, but like yeah, it's not just because of like the like despotic ruler or whatever. Like it's, it's like Hashido is like just this like bountiful, abundant, sunny place. And like, it literally is always nighttime in Nor, and like nothing grows there. People live underground. It's just like a horrible nightmare. Um, and I don't know enough about like the kind of the, the history of where this game is coming from, but like, it is kind of interesting to me that like the really beautiful, like, amazing place um that's sort of good on their own like that they're good out here is japan and then like the really like horrific like imperialistic like pointlessly violent uh play uh kingdom is like obviously european <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's some there's i feel like there might be some subtle commentary going it might on be, it might be it's a little subtle though <laughs> but uh do you want to talk about some of those good good uh dad feelings about the actual dads because like there are there are a lot in this game and we are definitely not going to talk about all of them so um to you the listener if we leave out your favorite then i'm very sorry but um but let us know when this episode goes up um but do you do you want to start with one um how about you could you i can start with one Lay your dads on me. And okay. I'll... Okay, so here, the first one I want to talk about is there's a character named Odin. Oh, and yeah. This is actually a character that appeared in Awakening under a different name. He was called Owain. And he's sort of just this, like, really hammy, like, way over-the-top guy who, like, conceals his, like, fears and stuff behind just, like, this just facade of being this, like brave knight in awakening and then in fates he's taken on this identity of odin dark and so he's just constantly quoting like lovecraftian babble just about like reaching into the underdark and plunging the depths of my my <laughs> blazing blood um and he, uh, he is um... <laughs> one of my favorite characters in the entire game um and he has a daughter who is named Ophelia because of course she is because of course she would have a Shakespearean name. Um, and she is similarly just like super, super dramatic. Um, and when they like in their pairings, it's like, it's so good because they're both just like egging each other on to do these, like to just name their weapons like super grandiose terms and to like to shout over the top names and do all these poses and things. Um, and like, she's like one of the only people in the whole game who really like gets her dad. Um, and they just see themselves as like these like cursed chosen warriors who have to like protect these like Royal families that they serve. And um, it's so good. They have like, I, I love their particular dynamic because they are, yeah, they are so similar to each other. Um, one of my favorite things, the thing that I think I love the most about this game um, <clears throat> is how they actually do a pretty good job of get child characters that complement their parents, either by having like 
a different kind of personality or having like a complimentary one. And Ophelia is like much dreamier, but the fact that she takes her dad 100% seriously, which nobody else in the game does, is adorable. Like, they, the fact that they're like just always screaming shit at each other, um, and that they're both constantly impressed with how cool they are is just like really good. <laughs> like it's they so really pure and they good. Get they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Um like they're just like it's like they are like a father-daughter cosplay team who are like yes. both oh going to Comic-Con and are just like super stoked to like be like doing like cosplay and like it's so cute. Yeah, it's just adorable. I love that like one of my favorite like game mechanical things is that like odin's um has a special ability Uh where like the more like the longer the name like you can custom name like items in this game right Right. so if you give him like a magical tome that has like a really long name with like then he he does more damage with it like In Japan, it was, like, if you had, like, a certain number of kanji in it, which are, like, the Chinese characters. So, if you, like, basically, he gets rewarded for having a really overblown name to his stuff, which is really, it's just hilarious. What a good, what a (laughs) good idea. And one of his whole things, um, which is a holdover from Awakening, is that he really loves naming weapons and armor and and just naming things, which is, like, a very good quality. Um, and one of the, when you, when you sort of recruit Ophelia, she is Mm -hmm. like on this quest to find this like super ultimate tome of power that she's read about in her father's notebooks. And like, cause she just has these notebooks from him where he just has all of these, like, like he has just like moleskins full of like name ideas for weapons. It's like his like self-insert fan fiction. Oh, he has like, he has basically the fantasy like notebook equivalent of that Twitter account. That's just like the names of my weapons or whatever, (laughs) like weapon names. Um, and so like the only one that like, um, that he ever actually used was Mistletane, which is a name that he gives to um, a sword. And she like finds this tome in battle and is like, Oh, I'm going to call this Mistletane. Um, And uh, then like, he's like, Oh, that's actually like, I used that for like a sword, but uh, no, it's still good though. And then in the, (laughs) Like, item description, like, the vast majority of items in the game are just, like, the item description is, like, plus two to strength or whatever. And, like, this one has some stats, but then it just says, like, not a sword. (laughs) It's so good. Ah, so cute. Um, The fact that they're able to coexist in this game that's taking itself way too seriously, like, um... It's, like, kind of, like, almost, like, it's, like, an indictment of the main plot in a lot of reasons. (laughs) Because like, like there's like this there's like this specific Japanese trope which is uh, chunibyo I think I'm pronouncing it right, um, which refers to pe- like kind of like um, this exact personality like over dramatic like has invented this his own internal mythos, mm-hmm. and that's like seen as like a sign of somebody like taking like anime and manga like way too seriously, <laughs> but because the actual plot takes its like anime tropes way way too seriously 
Odin seems like he's, like, almost <laughs> making fun of everything that's happening. Like, him and Ophelia are, like, almost, like, near sarcastically dunking on the rest of the stuff that's happening. And there's so much more fun than it, too. It's true. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, I also, uh, I should say, too, right up front that I think I'm going to be leaning more heavily towards the Norse side of things. There are kids that, like, are in both games because they're sort of the children of neutral characters. But um, I never finished Birthright, and I didn't find it, the characters, like, as interesting for the most part. Um, Maybe just because I played it second and I was burnt out. But uh, there are a few that I do want to talk to you. But um, is there... Is there, do you want to go or should I just go, should I go again and we can just. Yeah. Throw me, throw me these kids. Okay. I'm just going to keep pitching. I'm just going to keep pitching. Okay. So I think, I think you may like this one. Uh, There is a care. This is actually another character who is um, a holdover from Awakening. Um, Because I, I think they had a poll and they were like, oh, the three most popular characters um, or like some of the most popular characters from Awakening uh, up here in Fates under different names. Um, and the, the one that is the dad in this case is named Laszlo, and he's originally named Indigo uh, in, uh, in Awakening. And his whole thing is that he's just like this womanizer, like bard, basically, who is like a really good dancer. In um, Awakening, he's the son of like the one dancer character. Um and in Fates, his daughter is a lesbian. <laughs> right. And uh, one of the very first, like, opening things when you recruit her is, like, uh, his daughter, like, perving on some girls and, like, um, some other guy in the army just being like, hey, Laszlo, are you, like, okay with that? <laughs> like, and he's just like, what? Like, my kid has really good taste. Like, do you have a problem with that? <laughs> And, like, it's just, like, oh, man, this is cool. <laughs> it was so good. I, it's, like, I love my gay daughter <laughs> so much. Um, um, ugh, he's, like, yeah. the par- he's, like, the P-flag parrot at a pride parade. Who's he like, absolutely is. Um, and it's so good. I, I love that because it's one of the few, um, because of that, like, these, like, um, characters that continued from Awakening, they're, like, there are some like three generational families mm-hmm. that are possible. Um, and so you had like this character from Awakening who was this dancer, but she was really, really shy. Um, and her son, is, Laszlo Inigo, is like this, um, is this womanizer, but this really like completely fake one who's like actually like super embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And whenever anyone like, Whenever anyone like responds to any of his bullshit, he just doesn't know what to do and completely falls apart. And then his his gay daughter has no problems with this whatsoever. It's just like <laughs> incredibly confident. It is like so much better at picking up girls than her dad. Um, that it's really like it's a kind of like compliment to like this the same sort of like complimentary relationship with like Ophelia and Odin because um she is like rather than being kind of like mirror images of them, Sole is actually like better um, at Laszlo's gimmick than he is, but she still looks up to him because he's her dad. And yeah. so 
she's like, oh, you're really cool and you're really good at like at, at dealing with the ladies. And he's like, yes, I am internally crumbling <laughs> at everything that's happening. <sighs> yeah. Um, now, the flip side, I think, of... Um, oh, yeah. You know where I'm going. Um, yeah. I'm- as soon as you said P-flag, P-flag parent... Uh, there is a character named Forrest in uh-huh. Conquest. And Forrest yep. is, without wanting to get into a big thing about, like, well, the game says this, is basically, like, trance. Um, yeah. Like, I would say. Or just, like, like... So, Forrest uses, like, male pronouns in the game, and it's just, like, I'm just, like, whatever, man. But it's, like, okay, well, functionally, sure. like, this is... <laughs> um, and uh, Forrest's dad is Leo, who is, like, one of your siblings from Nor. And Leo is, like, this kind of dark, like, wizard guy who has definitely, like, younger brother syndrome. Of oh, yeah. Being, He's like, really in the shadow of Xander. Mm-hmm. And, uh... So Leo is sort of just this dark, kind of brooding, but, like, you know, he's still, like, a good dude, mostly. Like, in the early part of the game, he, like, he saves you a few times. He, like, helps you out from, like, having to fulfill your father's, like, evil acts by, like, rendering prisoners unconscious or something rather than killing them um, and helping Mm -hmm. them escape. And then he has this kid, Forrest, and it's so bad it's so bad because um every every character has this like recruitment mission where you um go and and find them um once they've like sort of once you've the parent has like has has done it basically i guess um Uh and uh leo is like immediately embarrassed by his kid like some other member of the army is like oh aren't you worried about your kid and like he's like uh, I don't want to see that that like my kid. What right. a disappointment! Oh, How gross! Completely the opposite of the P flag parent. Yeah, yeah. He's like, um, but I think that he ha- like, because <clears throat> like everyone else like loves Forest a lot. Yeah, like there's, like like other characters are like really like taken uh, with Forest. Um. And it's only, like, it's kind of, like, an interesting thing where, like, um, the contra- like the, the parents are introduced contrastingly, where someone, like, challenges Sole at the beginning. Like, um, uh, Laszlo, like, uh, sticks up for her. Um, in this one, like, Leo is the odd one out because everybody, like, most of the other people are, like, very protective and excited about Forrest. Um which I think is, like, which says some, like, really interesting things about Leo. Yeah, and, I mean, definitely the game is framing Leo, like, as an asshole. Like, it's yeah. not like everyone else is like, oh, yeah, you're a weird kid, like, that must suck. Like, everyone is like, your kid, like, rules. Like, your kid, like, like uh, sewed me a new hat. Like, this is awesome. And Leo's just like, Bleh. Um, And there is, like, through their dialogue, like, they do... Like things do change a little bit, um, and eventually, like basically, Leo is just like, like comes to the point where he's just like, "Wow, I'm a fuck up." Like, um, I 
hope I can be like worthy of like how brilliant you are. Mm-hmm. Um, like for totally earnestly. And it's like, oh, yeah. And that is really sweet. And that's uh, like, that's obviously like the emotion they want you to feel. Yeah. Um, I have this, uh, there's this person, Sarah, who I follow on Twitter, who has like really intense Gundam and Fire Emblem, um, like, uh, fanfic headcanons that she talks about a lot. Um, <laughs> and she's, she's extremely gay. And so I really love her opinions and, and her sort of like, she had a really good reading that the resonated with me on Leo where like her reading is, of Leo is that he's like extremely repressed, um, uh, gay man. Mm. So like, which, which I like, he's like a somewhat gay coded villain at, at, at times in his, in, in his arcs. Um, and he's, he's popularly like shipped with, um, one of his, uh, servants, the one, one of the canonically, the only canonically gay character, I guess, other than, than the avatar or canonically bi, I suppose, um, Niles, but like the, the, his like distaste of forest is him like looking at forest and being like, you can't do that. You have to be repressed. You have to like, like, you have to like, you can just like, like you can just like have a gender and you can have a sexuality and not like care what other people think because like Leo is a person that intensely cares what everyone thinks, what his like, how his actions reflect on his family and like um, has all of this kind of like self-inflicted pressure on himself. And I'm like, that checks out for me. At least. <laughs> it's kind of like, I like that. I like that reading that he's like, that it's like Forrest's like ability to do whatever she wants. That's like um, the most the thing that threatens and makes him uncomfortable because it's not making anyone else uncomfortable. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. That's like a really interesting read on that whole thing. Um, yeah, like a lot of things in Fire Emblems. <clears throat> the stuff that you read into it is sometimes a lot more interesting <laughs> actually there. <laughs> yes. I think that is very, very true. Um trying to think of some other dads. Um, okay. There's some really weird stuff sometimes. Like uh, there's a dad who is like kind like almost a child, like a teen basically. Uh, and like looks like a child. And then like his daughter is like, when she comes oh, out of like yeah. the time pocket is older than him, uh, which is just weird. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's qu- very questionable. But but his his daughter is is bizarrely the lesbian that actually can marry girls. Yes. Uh, no. Yeah, that is weird. Um, which is like it's own, and and his daughter is like the uh, is like a reincarnation of a character from the other game too right yeah yeah there's a lot of yeah how did you how did you read that dynamic i remember i saw you like posting about making making fun of her uh how she was like dunking on him well i was just like <laughs> i guess i was glad that the game sort of like uh at least lampshaded that because it was just like really weird like you're older than your dad this is like kind of uh, weird like even in the time travel things from the last game they didn't really do that um but then they do just like fully acknowledge that um and uh yeah i don't know that was one of those things that i didn't get deep into um but like yeah 
Um, I guess another, okay, let's, I want to talk about another birthright one because there, uh, yeah. there are some good ones. And I think my favorite from that side, from the, the uh, Hoshido side, is Mitama, uh, who, who is like, oh, yeah, who is a sleepy oh. poet, like just waster, whose dad is like this prankster priest who is just like a shitty, like, just like he's a decent guy, I guess, but like he's just like a like doofy to everyone. Um, yeah, he's like a <laughs> he's like a sarcastic, faithless, like basically person who like is like the opposite of like how you would expect a priest to be. And like that's his class. He's like supposed to be like a religious guy. Right. But he's like he's like, yeah, the gods are capricious. I don't really like how <laughs> I just like heal people. The fact that like the function of that class is to heal people and he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so like in most people's recruitment missions, like most of the kids, either like the kid is go doing some mission and you like stumble upon them or like or they're doing something else and like they get in trouble. In this one, she is like not even on the map at first. She is like sleeping in her house and you have to spend three turns. Three like three turns sending him up to like knock on the door while all of these monsters are coming out. And like she just like finally is like, I guess, and then writes like a bunch of haiku, like about like her irritating dad waking her up. Oh my god. She is like my she is my favorite character in that game. And I think she is like one of the most underrated characters, in part because like Hushido is quite lackluster in a lot of ways, but she's just like she loves her poetry and she loves sleeping and she loves dunking on people. And the fact that her, her dad, um, she's like one of those, those characters, like she has her, her own unique, uh, quirks, but characters are either like kind of like insecure by their parents, sort of like match their parents or like one up their parents. And she is the only person in the army that's able to dunk on her dad <laughs> as much as her dad dunks on everyone else. Because yes. he's, like, constantly, like, just, just like, throwing brutal owns to, like, the mostly, like, Hoshido is, like, very, like, woo-woo and sincere. So, like, everyone is always, like, I'm feeling so attacked by it right now. But, like, Matama just, like, goes for it. Um, and everyone she meets. Um, and... She's just like interested in her shitty poetry and sleeping. Um, and she sucks in the best way possible. She also has has these like really cute star irises for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but it's like it's a really funny trait for her of all people to have because she's like the least starry-eyed person in the game. And also her father never opens his eyes. <laughs> right, and his father, her father never opens his eyes. He's just kind of like, which like gives him this like really shifty expression. He has resting Brock face. Right, exactly. His Brock face. He has severe Brock face. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and severe cute Brock face, yep. And when you're like, oh, like I obviously can't trust this shifty motherfucker. Um, the fact that Matama says like, Many of the same, or, like, delivers, like, equal um, burns to the people she talks to with this delightfully, like, sparkly expression um, makes, like, everything that she says, like, even worse than 
yeah. her dad. Just because <laughs> of who it's coming from. Um, the fact that she's kind of acts like an old man, too. Like, rules. Because she's like, I care about sleeping in poetry. Uh, <laughs> she's actually, like, a lot like her dad in a lot of ways, even though she's constantly owning him. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's it's totally true. It's like one of those relationships where I'm like, I don't actually like the dad, but I like the daughter's relationship with the dad. Yeah. It's, like, it's a good dad feeling in that, like, they, they have, like, a, this, like, dynamic is fun and works, even though, like, the dad himself is, like, like, non, non-exciting. Yeah. Um, a dad who is exciting, although, sadly, in ways that prevent him from being a dad, is, uh, is Niles, who you mentioned before, who is sort of this, ah, like, yeah. outlaw, like, bandit figure who's just, like, vaguely sadistic and is one of the only... Uh, or is the only by male character aside from yeah. the player's character in the game. Um, but if you romance him uh, or if you pair him with a male avatar, they don't have their beautiful daughter, Nina, who is just like. Oh, she's so good, too. She is. And um, I don't know that everyone who listens to the show will know what this term means, but uh, you perhaps you can explain it. She <laughs> is just like a. Like, the biggest Fujoshi character in and any game that I can think of. The fact that, like, and and again, this is, like, one of the beautiful things where, like, in, in Faith, every character has, like, an inherent passive ability that almost always is, like, less, like, an actual, like, like powerful mechanic and more, like, a, an in-joke about, like, their whole deal. But hers is, like... Um, so Fujoshi is somebody, like, is means rotten woman and it refers to women who really like um like male pairings in fan fiction um and it has like a long history both like we don't use like the term like fujoshi has kind of like actually kind of become a term in the u.s but like that has been like a thing in american fiction since fan fiction since like pre-internet zine era eras where where people were, were shipping like uh spock and and kirk um, and Starsky and Hutch, apparently. <laughs> I was, like, like from the original show, like, there is, like, I was, like, reading on the history of, like, Hurt Comfort Fix. That's a topic from a Oh, different my time. God. I didn't know Starsky and Hutch was one of the... I mean, because everyone knows oh, Kirk Spock. Like, but, right, wow. Yeah. wow. Like, Starsky and Hutch, there were, like, all of these, like, Hurt Comfort Fix where, like, one of them... Would, they were, like, particular episodes, I guess, that, like, lent that had that, like, as the dynamic, like, Starsky, like, got addicted to drugs or something and had to be, like, nursed back to health. And so that, like, set some people's imagination going, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Like, so, long, beautiful history. Um, And one of the things that, like, and so, like, Nina just embodies that as a character, which, like, makes a lot of sense. Like, again, it's kind of like, aha, her dad's kind of gay, so she's the Fujoshi character. Um, but she gets a, like, she gets a bonus if she's next to two male characters who are, like, paired up in this particular formation. Yeah. Um, so she's, like, shipping it so hard that she gets more powerful. <laughs> 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 it's good. It's really good. Yeah, she's, like, she's, she's also really fun, and she also, like, um, fights with her dad, I think, quite a bit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's one of the few cases of a character who, like, beyond just, like, the initial conversation is, like, wow, you left me in this, like, pocket dimension to, like, grow up? Like, thanks? That's great. Like, th- yeah. thanks a lot, Dad. That sucks. Why did you do that to me? And I think, like, maybe she's, like... um Oh, I'm trying to like remember this. I think she like actually genuinely like is like I'm I'm mad at you because I miss you sort of mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, but the fact that she's kind of like she's also like sh- like her her dad is sharp tongued and she's like that too. Um, and yet she also has like Niles doesn't let anyone in. He has like this dark brooding past that he like hides with humor. Um, but Nina has, like, is kind of, like, bratty and combative, but she has, like, this streak of, like, pure sincerity whenever it comes to, like, her ships. And that, <laughs> like, that's kind of great. She's, like, all, like, every conversation with her is, like, somebody, like, walking in on her, um, fantasizing. And she's, like, yeah, it's really great. It's a lot. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, I think, like, yeah, I think those are, like, most of the ones, like, off the top of my head that are really good. Like, a lot of them, I will say, like, I feel like a lot of them end up sort of just being, like, I want to be a big hero like you, Dad. Um, Which yeah. is, is fine, but, like, not particularly, like, interesting, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But there are a bunch that are like that. Um yeah, it's more interesting when they have like a complicated dynamic with their parent or they're like different or one upping them in like a particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it's like they have some sort of like emotional strength that their like parent struggles with or vice versa. I think that's kind of like a that's just like always an interesting dynamic because it like kind of it, 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 like, tells you more about the parent. It shows you kind of, like, where their, like, po- points of, like, vulnerability are mm-hmm. for with this person who, like, um, is younger, like, looks up to them, but also kind of, like, through all of these different circumstances have access to something that the parent doesn't actually have. Um, and how those, like, there's a kind of vulnerability, I guess, produced by those parent-child relationships that... Um, is kind of, like, a little rare to see and kind of, like, maybe what makes those Fire Emblem, like, dad-parent-child relationships interesting. Um, I don't know if that's, like... That's, I guess, my reading of it. Yeah. Um, I also just remembered one really good good uh, relationship that is in the category of generic ones because there's a character named Shigure uh, who is, like is I think the only character in the game who's keyed to uh, a mother. Oh, yeah. She's the mother of, like, one of the main characters. Um, he's the the son of one of the main characters, uh, like, the main character other than the player character. And um, he is just, like, this really pretty, sensitive boy who, like, rides a, a Pegasus around and, like, plays music. And um, um, it's kind of funny sometimes, like, the sort of the whole idea of the generic pairings uh can be kind of really funny on occasion because like mm-hmm. the father pairing with him like their dialogue is like his dad discovering that he's a painter 
and being like, oh, you're a painter. Like, oh, that's I that's so amazing. Like my son is like into art. Like, I'm so proud of you. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set up an art show in the camp for you and everyone will be able to see how amazing your painting is. And like the, his dad, when I played it, um, was the werewolf character <laughs> who normally is just like really gross and like kind of grim and like darkly funny but was this like totally earnest like i'm your werewolf dad and i'm gonna set i'm werewolf dad art show curator oh that's so good i love those kind like again like talking about how these games are sometimes fun when they encourage your your imagination it's like those generic pairings actually sometimes like allow you to like imagine like what circumstance would make this guy who's like character trait is he's obsessed with trash Uh, (laughs) and collects it he actually has like a pretty like he has a pretty good relationship with his daughter too because she like um like he is kind of like feral but like very like puppy like and excited yeah um whereas his daughter is like extremely grim and reserved and needy and serious but she also loves disgusting trash (laughs) in the same way like they have like such opposite personalities but they like immediately connect over their shared love of collecting garbage (laughs) and their relationship revolves around that and it's like totally fine and nobody everybody else is like you guys are freaks but (laughs) they have that with each other it's kind of like odin and uh, ophelia actually Mm -hmm. mm-hmm <laughs> um, uh, yeah. There is one relationship that I do that I did want to talk about. Um, but it's not the one from Fates. Um, it's the one it's the one like keyed to dad relationship in Awakening, um, which is uh which are like the two major characters of uh, of Awakening, which are uh Krom, um, who's kind of like more of the main character than you are actually you like create a unit that represents you but you're kind of like the tactician for the real like person who's in charge of the army which is Krom um and he has a daughter Lucina who's who like starts as this mysterious masked figure but um she's like part of the um she's like a major part of the army she's like the leader of all of the child characters um, cause she's from this timeline where, where everybody else was dead. Um, and she kind of like comes from the, from the future to warn all of you, um, that bad things are going to happen. Um, and she starts out as this kind of like, um, mass mysterious, mysterious figure and people like think she's a boy at first. And then she becomes like a really like earnest and warm, um, character who like, um, who, like, I really, like, enjoyed their dynamic, and I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, I don't remember much about it, because it has been uh, a little while since oh, I've, yeah, it's probably I've played those. But, um, yeah, no, it's, um, I'm trying to think, I'm gonna dig, dig up uh, on the Fire Emblem wiki. Um, <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I mean, like, in general, I think the... The parent-child relationships in uh, Awakening are, like, a lot less, like, cute, like, quirky character dynamics. And they're a lot more, like, 
um, yeah, like these kids are from a future where all of their parents are dead and they never knew them. Um, and so like they're meeting their parents for the first time sort of as adults and it's like super intense. Um, and yeah, like, and also with Lucina, it's like interesting because, um, she's like, Oh, well, like it's been really cool, like getting to know you dad. But like when we save the world, like I have to, like, I'm going to disappear or whatever. Like I won't exist. Um, like, and I forget how that actually plays out, but, um, like, I think all the, cause all the kid characters, like the timeline doesn't get like erased or whatever. Right. I think they just continue living in like, right. I think they like might, it might be implied that they like run off to some other dimension. Cause I think that's like where, why there are those, those fates or, um, awakening characters and fates or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's like some sort of like drama about it where like, where she's like, I have to leave. And they're like, no, you can like actually stay. And it's really emotional or, or whatever. Um, but I like that. I liked Lucina a lot because Krom is kind of like a very generic sort of character. Um, but he's really, his like, his earnestness and his like, the kind of like unconditional support between him and the avatar who have like this, really intense relationship regardless of regardless of gender in fact in some ways it's like more romantic and intense when you play as a male oh absolutely it is yeah like like there's like this dopey he like walks in on you bathing when you when you play as a a a woman um but as like a tactician you're like as a male tactician you're like you're like pledging you're like you have like these we share this like unbreakable spiritual bond with each other and you're like that's gay uh, <laughs> uh, but when you do like the the thing was is that it, um almost because of how gay coded that is when i like um i like he just like automatically marries you too which is like one of the funny things about about awakening um is that he has to get married at a certain point because lucina has to be born in order for the plot to to happen so like at this certain point in the game, he just like marries whoever he has the most affection with. Yep. Um, I got regardless- surprise married. I got ambushed married by him. <laughs> right. You get ambushed married, and that happened to me too. And I was kind of like, I don't know if you're like the most important, like the best guy in the world, uh, or like you're, or you're not the guy who I'm like most attracted to. Um, but I was like. I like Lucida is like a really wonderful daughter to have. Um, And her relationship with her mom is really good. Um, She was a character that I really, really liked. And I was like, Oh, it's like, Krom is like a really good dad for Lucina. So I was like, I accept this lavender marriage with Krom basically. (laughs) Like, cause that's how it feels. Like you read it, but it's like, Oh, this is great. I get to have like a daughter and I have like a, I have like a husband who will be like a really good dad and have a, and I have a really good friendship with him. (laughs) And, And like, and, and it's like, it was like this sort of like platonic, you are like the father of my child dad feeling um that sounds i don't know how to square that that complicated web of emotions (laughs) Um, but that's like that's that's kind of like the thing that i that i liked the most about 
about Awakening and about Crumb in general is that he, like, ends up being, like, this incredibly supportive, um, loving and compassionate father to his daughter. And I, like, admire that trait in him more than any of his, like, qualities that would make, any quality that would, like, make me feel romantically inclined towards that dude. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Surprise married. (laughs) Surprise married. Don't you hate it when you, like, punch... When you punch a monster while standing next to someone, and next thing you know, you're just married. You're just married. He's the strong. They're the strongest people. I paired them up so they would be super strong, and then he's like, right. mm, "I'm gonna wife that." <laughs> um, like, we punch people so well together in the army. We should just get married. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what I, a video game. What a video game, though. Um, I think that's like all of the really compelling dad relationships in Fire Emblem that I wanted to talk about today. I mean, I think there, there are probably some that we miss that like are people's favorites. And, um, if so, I guess like, you know, let me know in the, like, you know, let me know in the comments down below, just like, you know, what your, what your favorite dad is. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this uh, this has been super fun. I couldn't yeah. could not think of someone better to come on to talk about the the sort of mess of family dynamics and just narrative that this series represents. Yeah, it was fun though. I like this. Um, I like this particular series and the chance to get it to talk about it because it is like this fascinating web of characters together that are like very easy to project a lot onto i would love to do like there are so many especially from that first game there are so many good like mom feelings Mm. Uh, like really intense like um mother daughter dynamics like there's like yeah um who is it like my favorite character is severa who's like this um very like insecure um kind of like really wants to be the best and she has like a mom who's like very naturally perfect um and she has this kind of like really intense where she really loves and looks up to her mom but is like constantly like saying the wrong thing and constantly like being combative with her because she's jealous that like developed really well um yeah yeah there's some like the the family dynamic stuff in that game is like really good even when it's bad (laughs) totally well uh do you want to tell people where they can find you online because i feel like um, zeal and your twitter and stuff you talk this is not outside your wheelhouse like if they liked hearing from you here then i think they would definitely like to follow you in all those places yeah for real yeah so um Oh, what should I do? So you can like check out my game uh, or my game, many people's games, me and Mia primarily, but also the good folks at um, Pillow Fight. Um, we, all of us together, made this game, We Know the Devil. Um, you can find it at weknowthedevil.com. Um, and if you actually, if you like Fire Emblem Shipping Dynamics, you would probably like that game. Um, cause it's kind of, it's kind of about arranging that, but it's arranging that about like young insecure lesbians. So you, you may like that better in some way, <laughs> <laughs> depending on who you are. Um, and we're working on a follow-up game called Heaven Will Be Mine. Um, I'm also the, um, the founder of Zeal. 
Um, the current editor-in-chief, Jay Bearhat, is doing a dynamite job, um, but I'm still involved. And and I really think that anyone who's interested in discourse, if you like, um, we're long allies and friends of, of Merit and her, and her work, and we try and um, do similar things. Um, and you can find us at... Um, uh, medium.com slash mammon hyphen machine hyphen zeal. Um, we don't really have the easiest way to find our website <laughs> to fix that problem. You gotta sometime. get the TLD. Yeah, we gotta get those. We gotta get the SEOs. Got it. Gotta get, uh, All those SEOs. Let me, because I'm gonna, let me, let me look this up real quick for you on zeal. I'm gonna go to, I'm hover, hover.com. Okay. Um, zeal.com does not seem to be available, but can I tell you some that are? What? Yeah, tell me. Give me the SEOs. Zeal.global oh, is, is $20. Uh, my gr- Zeal.zone? Zeal. Um, yeah. 30 bucks. Dang. Um, Zeal.moe. Oh! Um, yeah, that's gotta be it, right? I think that's probably zeal.camp oh, pretty good uh <laughs> wait that's like good that's yeah us. tlds are like just popping off lately um there's like so many that i don't know who uses but like i guess someone must because they exist like yeah who has like a dot camp that's dot camp or like dot kitchen or like <laughs> um zeal singles is it available <laughs> <laughs> uh zeal tips uh, it's a dating app just for um just for readers of your just for readers just yeah. for people who want to talk about um how their experience how a video game experience their representation um uh zeal.security is gonna, <laughs> is gonna set you back twenty five hundred dollars so well um that is one of the uh, it's that's more expensive than Zeal dot luxury, which uh, how I, much is the luxury? Luxury is six fifty. Dot luxury domains are like uh, those, like that app that was like a really early iPhone app that was just like the red jewel on your phone that was like a thousand dollars or something, and it was like this whole oh purpose God. was like, yeah, I can afford this. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Now we've gone into. A dark place now. Um, zeal dot dark. <laughs> How much is that? Uh, dot. They don't currently offer dot dark domains, but zealdark.com is too powerful. Yeah, it is. Um, to can't un- unlock its dark powers. Um, but if you if you Google the word zeal, mammon, and machine, you'll probably find it somehow. It's not hard. <laughs> It's not the hardest. It's going to come up. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. We'll go there um, and and read some of our cool comics and journalism. I also tweet them out all the time. I'm at Mammon Machine. That's M-A-M-M-O-N. Mammon Machine dot Democrat is only, th- <laughs> is only $33. <laughs> I'm oh really God. tempted to buy you... Uh, both memmachine.moe and memmachine.mom. Um, <laughs> oh, memmachine.mom. My goodness, Merit. It is 45 American dollars. That's absolutely worth it. 
<laughs> I agree. I think you should go do that. Um, and uh, you, we'll find you there. We'll find you at Dot Mom. Yeah. Um, Mom. Jay Bearhat will really, really appreciate that. As yes, they will just um, will make them very happy. As the person who's who I am the mother of and is also my mom. Wait, it's, I do want to check one thing real quick. Uh, apron dot apron dot mom. Uh, they want us to make an offer. Make them an offer on apron dot mom. Um, it costs twenty dollars to open negotiation. To open negotiations? Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, I'm a little surprised that apron mom is someone's someone's squatting on apron mom. Get off apron mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm... Let us on. <laughs> Let us make a video game website that goes to Apron Mom, please. Yeah. Well, <sighs> I uh, I should stop because my producer is almost definitely going to cut all this, all this yeah. fire content. Wait, is fire content available? I can't look. We can't get distracted. Um, follow you. Uh, they don't offer content domains right now. Um, oh, God, that's such a waste. But, but myfirecontent.com is available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god demands are just are they just the funniest thing i think yes is the answer angels will never be old to me i'm so happy i'm really happy for all of this like branding consulting that you've given me for free merit I oh god like yeah i, I did do that you. for free um well that's a, a side benefit of being a guest on this podcast is you get that that's how we pay people is we can't pay our guests except we do pay them in branding uh, lifestyle and wisdom. Sweet, sweet branding lifestyle. No one's better at it than you, Merit. Oh, well. Uh, you're too sweet. But um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that is going to do it. So people should follow you at all those places. Um, and yeah. uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And... Um, yeah, thank you. And yeah, come back next week for another episode of Dad Feelings. Yeah, keep listening. Bye, kiddos. Is it Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me at dadfeelings.com slash support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz, off their album Foiled Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at DadFeeling and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.